Please listen carefully. Hello and welcome to episode one of the Turn of Phrases podcast. I'm your language-loving host, Brisky, and I'm glad you could join me today. This week's phrase is the idiom raining cats and dogs. In case you've never heard this phrase, it's used to describe a very loud, noisy, or heavy rainstorm. Where did this phrase come from? How did it become widely used? Come along with me as I turn this phrase inside out to find out these answers and more. Lots of things can fall from the sky, but when it comes to rain, most of us are used to water being the main attraction. And while most of us have heard the phrase raining cats and dogs, I'd be willing to bet that none of us have actually seen felines and canines flopping down into furry puddles as they plop down from above. So why then has this phrase become so common to use in describing noisy heavy rains? Does it have to do with the sound of the storms? Is it something to do with the way the weather makes us feel? Is there a grain of truth buried somewhere in this seemingly impossible forecast? To begin exploring where this idiom came from, I think we should start with the most commonly accepted origin, which harkens back to the days when roofs were commonly made from straw and other such materials woven together. These thatched roofs made great spots for Fluffy and Fido to hang out. The downside to chilling out in hay when the clouds let loose is that you either get washed out or at the least get wet enough that you don't really enjoy your hidey hole anymore. So you either fall or jump out. Now imagine you're an old timey person in your old timey house, maybe sitting by the fireplace to stay warm while a storm rages outside. You're just minding your own business. Now all of a sudden, a wet, probably smelly animal drops down on top of you and scampers off. Don't forget, you're living in old timey times, so you don't necessarily think things through as logically as we do these days. So your first thought might be that it's raining cats and or dogs. Hence, the saying is born. Or is it? Now, since this is from old timey times, there is no way to prove if this is or isn't the true origin of this idiom. But to be honest, it doesn't make a lot of sense, and here's why. First of all, while dogs can climb, it's not really their forte, so they probably weren't hanging out in roofs all that much. Secondly, even though thatched roofs aren't the most watertight roof design ever, any rain mainly would have made the tops of the roofs wet not the middle. Sure, it may have gotten into the straw in the middle some, maybe even leaked into the house to an extent, but if some critters were taking a nap in there, it most likely wouldn't have gotten so sopping wet that they would have just slipped out helplessly and fallen into the house below. I've never lived in old-timey times. Maybe this is the exact reason the saying came about, but I have some other possible origins for this idiom I'd like to present to you, seeing as how that's half of what this podcast is about. So, let's keep exploring. Maybe to find out how this idiom got its start, we need to go back even further. Back to the time when myths ruled the world as truth. I'm talking about Norse mythology times, specifically Odin. Why Odin? Well, Odin did a lot of things, but we're interested in him for one particular thing. 
he was the storm god. Not only that, he was often seen depicted in images with a symbol of storms. Can you guess what that was? You have a 50-50 shot. It was dogs. Good old man's best friend. Because Odin equaled storms, especially the wind part of them, and he seemed to like dogs. Well, wolves, but that's six of one, half a dozen of another. Hey, I'll talk about that one in a future episode. Naturally, people ended up linking dogs to bad weather. And the other half of our idiom, the kitty cat, was long ago thought to have influence over storms. Why? (laughs) Well, because cats are weird and people don't understand the weird things they do, especially way back then, and so fear and superstition led to cats being linked to storms. Seriously, I mean, that's the human race for you. (laughs) But these two things are a bit of a stretch, and while there is historical evidence to back up the fact that people thought these things about cats and dogs, the wind being associated with dogs and cats being associated with storms, it doesn't feel like the best story to provide a foundation for such a long-lasting idiom. Let's move on. The actual most likely explanation for this phrase has to do with poor construction of streets from probably around the 15th and 16th century or so. But wait, you might be saying, I thought we were talking about a strange, albeit false, weather phenomenon. What does that have to do with old cobbled together cobblestones? Well, just maybe a lot, actually. Sewers and drains weren't really a thing as of yet back in the old-timey times, so when there was a lot of rain, the water would tend to build up. Ergo, flooded streets were about as common as having to watch your head for a chamber pot being emptied. And what does water do when something is lying around in the street? It just so happens to be flooding? Well, if it's small enough, like, oh, say, a deceased cat or dog, sad, I know, but hey, it was a thing. It picks it up and brings it along with the floodwaters. So while the animals weren't falling from the sky, the old-timey folks would see them floating amongst the floodwaters whenever there was a heavy rain. Therefore, they either thought the rain made the animals appear or just used it sort of as a code, basically the same way we do today, just to reference it being a heavy rain. You know, like an idiom. I'm sure there were other items washed out in the deluges, rats, bugs, other small animals, but I definitely have an explanation for why cats and dogs became the creatures of note for the saying. You didn't think I was going to leave you hanging, did you? Come on now, I'm nicer than that. Most likely, it's a combination of those badly built streets and a healthy dose of snark and satire that we truly have to thank for the saying, raining cats and dogs. Yep, the written word, one of my favorite things in the world, is the true birthplace for our phrase of today. In 1651, Welsh poet Henry Vaughan wrote a collection of poems called Olar Iscanus. In this collection, he mentioned a roof that was secure against, quote, dogs and cats rained in shower, end quote. This is currently the earliest known recorded phrase that is directly related to our subject of today's podcast. In 1652, an English playwright named Richard Brom wrote a comedy titled City Wit. In his play, he had a line that said, quote, it shall rain dogs and polecats, end quote. Now, polecats are relative of the weasel, and so they don't fit the raining cats and dogs saying exactly. But I felt I would be remiss in leaving out the reference completely. Now, we'll skip ahead a little bit to 1710, when Jonathan Swift jumped onto the cat and dog weather train. First of all, I'm sure you know this, but I'm not talking about the singer Swift. However, this Swift did just about everything else. He was a poet, a cleric, he wrote essays, and he made political pamphlets. 
first for the Whigs, then he switched sides and made them for the Tories. It was a swift switch for Swift. Try saying that five times fast. It was hard enough saying it one time slowly. And oh yeah, he loved satire. In 1710, Jonathan Swift wrote about some wet pets in his poem, A Description of a City Shower, which is also known just as City Shower. He begins the final verse with, quote, Now in contiguous drops the flood comes down, threatening with deluge this devoted town, end quote. And after talking for a while about some of the ways the town deals with the storm, he ends that verse with, quote, Drowned puppies, stinking sprats, all drenched in mud, dead cats and turnip tops come tumbling down the flood, end quote. Then several years later, in 1738, Swift released a satire about the conversations of the upper class called The Complete Collection of Genteel and Ingenious Conversation. In this, he had a character discuss his fear that it will, quote, rain cats and dogs, end quote. While it isn't known if Swift technically coined the phrase right there in his satire, or if he was just using it as a cliche that was already being used, his satire was so well liked that either way, it is very likely that that was the linchpin for the phrase becoming much more popular, so much so that we still use it today. So there you have it, y'all. My exploration into the origin and growth of the idiom, raining cats and dogs, is complete. Now that we've finished exploring this week's main phrase, it's time for this week's metaphorical moment. It's just a metaphor, dude. It's a metaphor. Curious metaphor. A metaphor. That's the metaphor. I'll be doing this segment each week as a way to add a little more content to the episode. It will also allow me to discuss the origin of a phrase that doesn't really have enough information to warrant a full episode by itself. Now, I know that a lot of the time, phrases that are metaphors are also used as idioms and vice versa. So some of the metaphors I choose to do in my weekly metaphorical moment may also be phrases that could be called idioms or similes. I didn't want it to seem like I didn't know the difference. So with that disclaimer out of the way, on to this week's metaphor shooting the messenger. This metaphor describes the action of, at the least, getting angry at someone when all they've done is pass a message to you, usually at the request of another, or at the worst, actually blaming them for the bad news they delivered to you. Most everyone has probably been both on the giving and receiving end of this metaphor, as it can be a rather human reaction to lash out at whomever is closest when bad news is received, even when they have nothing to do with it. But where did the phrase come from? Like most of the phrases we'll explore, it came from long, long ago. At least back in circa 400 BC, when ancient Greek tragedy writer Sophocles, yeah, I know I'm not saying that right, but I'm not ancient or Greek, and I should be able to say that because I have a theater degree and I'm a writer, but Sophocles? I'm really close to saying a bad word here, so let's just move on. Anyway, that guy, he wrote the phrase, quote, don't kill the messenger, end quote. So yeah, it's old. It increased in popularity due to war because the leaders needed someone who they felt wasn't as important as them, so basically anyone, to take messages back and forth to each other under a white flag. Naturally, if the messenger was killed, the leaders wouldn't get their notes and the wars might drag on even longer, so it was a pretty big deal not to kill the messenger. Once guns became a thing, the phrase eventually transitioned into the shooting the messenger metaphor we use today. Okay, that's gonna do it for episode one. 
I hope you learned something, had some fun, and we'll come back for the next episode. Don't forget to visit my Twitter page, at Turner Phrases, to participate in the poll for next week. This week, I'll be asking what's worth more, a bird in the hand or two in the bush. Again, go to Turner Phrases on Twitter to participate or to follow and stay connected. You can also check out my website at www.turnerphrases.com, like my Facebook page, facebook.com slash turnerphrases, email me at brisky at turnerphrases.com with any questions or comments, or if you want to suggest topics for future episodes, you can submit them via the website and by email. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing or leaving a review, and please tell someone who you think would also enjoy the show to help spread the word. Thank you again for listening to Turn of Phrases podcast, hosted by me, Brisky. Until next time, watch your heads.